This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbours are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbours. Julian, you've obviously got a passion for non-league football. What is the attraction to that level for you? Um, I don't know. I, I played for Canby when I finished my career at West Ham. I played for Canby for a few games and I, I loved it. It was like when I first started playing football, it was... You could kick people, you could elbow people, you could have a fight. Um, the referee would give you three or four warnings even before he booked you. And on like the fifth one, you go, do it again, I'm going to book you. Um, it was, and it's still the same. It's, it's a lot of lot of passion in long league football. Um, obviously, like, you don't get a great deal of supporters, but you get you get a lot of passion from, from the players in football because they work all week. They turn up on the Tuesday night in train. They turn up on the Thursday night in train. They turn up on a, a Saturday and and play. Sometimes they like they play on a, a Tuesday um, and they have to get off work early. So they do it because they really really want to do it. That's that's what appeals to me. Do you know what? It's really interesting you say that because I can imagine. I'm not for one second uh, saying that every footballer in uh, Premier League level that's earning big money doesn't do it for the love of the game anymore. I'm sure they do. But at non-league level, you have to play because you love the game. Whereas I'm I'm assuming at Premier League level, some of the the big earners, you know, become accustomed to earning the big money and that becomes more of a priority to them than playing the game itself. Yeah, possibly. Like I said, like when I was at Haybridge, my highest earn was on £225 a week. All right. It's not, it's not to be sniffed at, but like I said, it's not um, vast amounts of money. So, like I said, they work all week and they have to, obviously, from work on a Tuesday, get in their car or get on the train. Some of them used to get on the train and, and come to training. So, it is, uh, they, obviously, they do it because they really, really want to do it. Mm. Mm. I mean, you mentioned Haybridge, Haybridge Swifts there. Um, let's talk about your experience with them. Um, did you enjoy um, your time there? 
loved every minute. Um, like I said I I knew the chairman Gary White uh, only through going to uh, Haybridge to watch them because I, I knew the vice chairman Steve Sprebury. I used to coach his under nines and his under tens and elevens. Um, and like I said before, I went to to, to West Brom. Um, Haybridge the season before were going through a bad spell, and the manager resigned. Um, and I went and had my interview, um, and they gave me the job. And like I said, I'm from the beginning. I I always set out my store what how I'm going to be. I mean, I'm always the same, but I always tell the players the truth. Um, mm. So they have, they can't turn around and go, well, you didn't say this, you didn't say that. But that's that's how I I put myself across to them. And I said to them, all I expect of you is to get every single training session, do the best you can and work as hard as you can in every single game, be the same and we'll have no problems. Um, but listen, it's football. I mean, there's times in, in training that, they go through the motions. There's a couple of times I stopped it and told them to fuck off home. Um, and <laughs> um, they look at me thinking, hang on a minute. And then they settle down and then, then they start training properly. Um, one or two games, we didn't work hard enough and we got our asses kicked. But listen, like I said, that is football. If, if you, I can't remember how many games I was in charge for. It's 30 odd games. So like probably about two games, maybe three, that they didn't work hard enough. Which mm. on the on all of it is is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a successful time because from what I remember, you took over and the club was kind of struggling in the league. And then by the end of it, you got to the uh, playoff finals and won that. Um, so the obviously the the approach you took towards the management of the team worked. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm always I was always truthful with them, and I like I have a pet hate is. When people get taken off or get they they get substituted and they start throwing their arms in the air and being disrespectful, I mean that really really pisses me off. I mean, like, it's not nice to get taken off, but things if you're not winning, things have to change. Um, and I, I said to him in the beginning, look, I don't like people being disrespectful on the touchline. I said. There's two reasons why you get taken off, unless you're injured, but there's two reasons why you get taken off. One is tactical, and one is you're having a shit game. <laughs> I said, so I don't mind you coming after the game and going, listen, why did you take me off? I had one player that done that to me. He said, well, why, why did you take me off? I went, to be fair, you were fucking shit. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, you're my centre forward. You didn't have one shot on target. <laughs> I said, what, what do you want me to do? Just keep playing you? And he went, well, no, that's, that's fine. I'd like, uh, the thing is, people appreciate honesty. Yeah. Even when I didn't play players, I used to pull them to one side and say, look, you're not playing today because of you haven't been doing it or you haven't been doing this. Um, and they can never turn around and go, well, yeah, but you never told me. Mm-hmm. I always tell them. Always tell them. If they're not playing, I'll always drag them to one side and say, look, today you're on the bench, blah, blah, blah. And listen, not everybody likes it, but for me, the best policy is, is to to be honest with your players. And I, I've done that from 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 day one. I've done that, even like in training. I mean, I to be fair, I always we started at half seven, and if they were late, they would get fined. But we started at half seven, and we will finish at nine o'clock on the dot. One because hour and a half is long enough, but some people had to travel like forty five minutes to get home. So I always finished at nine o'clock so they could like 
have a drink in the bar, whatever, then they can go home. So, and that, that was that was every training session. Mm, I've got to ask. I mean, you're talking about one of your players, your top earners, being on just over two hundred quid. What would the fine yeah. be if they turn up late? It's, it's only a fiver. Right, there's, right. There's no there's no excuses for 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 turning up late. I mean, no. when, when I mean that, I mean is they can, like, when they've got mobile phones now, they can text me and say, listen, Gaffer, I'm going to be five minutes late. Then they, they won't get fined. You know what I mean? It's just a bit of respect mm. to say, listen, I'm going to be late. Um, but if they start doing it every week, then there's a problem. Um, but yeah. once in a while, listen, you have to accept that because they work. Some of them worked in London. and We, we were training at Haybridge. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a long way to come for, for training. But again, they signed up. They get their money. They have to do what they have to do. I mean, I think I think you you answered the question with your last answer. But what is your managerial approach to dealing with non-league players? I mean, is there any aspect of non-league management that is so drastically different to a, a, a professional standard? No, I, I treat I treated everybody the same. Whether that was West Ham ladies, whether that is West Ham first team, West Brom first team, Haybridge. Um, even, like, he's, like even coaching the kids, I, I treat them all the same because it's football. Obviously, there's different standards, of course there is, um, but they all wanna they all wanna learn. And, but I I remember when I went into Haybridge, the first game we won four three. We played Mildenhall, we won four three. Um, and what I'd done, there's a thing called huddle, which you can you can watch the game on. You can stop it and, and watch the game and. What I used to do for, for the first 10 minutes, I used to see how many times they give the ball away. Um, then I think from uh, 32, yeah, 32 to 40, 42, I'd see how many times they give the ball away. Then I would do it in um, the last 12 minutes of the game. And the first time they, they give like, they give the ball away 83 times when you're looking at it in a space of like 30 minutes. Jesus. So, so ball in play, you're probably looking maximum, probably 12 minutes. So they give the ball away 83 times. Wow. Um, which is obviously incredible, but listen, you, we're, we're in non-league. It's, it, it happens. Um, but over the course of the games, I've done it for every game. And there was one game in the same minutes they give the ball away six times. Really? Wow. That's... Six from 83 to six times. Mm-hmm. Every time Master. I come down um, until we got to one, they give the ball away six times, which to me is fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, but they wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have done what I'd done. And wow. no credit to them. They all took it on board. It's like I said to you like, the other day, I look at Man City. They keep the ball. Whether they're passing the ball two yards, they keep the ball. If they haven't got the ball, they go and get it. Mm. And that's what and that's what I try to do do with my players. It's, it's hard enough to get it, but it's hard it's harder to keep the ball. So you mm. have to have movement off the ball. You have to have people running. It's it's not a case of just yeah you stand still and just pass the ball about. You have to move. Um, and and they were and like I said, it went down to six. They give the ball away six times. Then it started to go back up. Um, so, but then again, you just drag them. You say, "Look, this we have to do this again." And and they they were superb. They took everything on board. And I mean, I used to work their nuts off in training. Everything with a the ball. There was no like 
running or just like without a ball or anything like that. Everything was with a ball. But the longest they worked for was five minutes, whether that was a, a 10 v 10 kick ball. But that was the longest they worked for. And then you'd have a break and you do it again. So you expect everything for five minutes. In, in football terms, is a long time if you're running around like a loon. So it was, uh, they took everything on board. They, they, were, they were superb. Mm, and I know that you weren't the biggest fan of training without a ball at your feet. So uh, was you implementing training sessions that you would have wanted to have as a player? Is that how you worked? Yeah. I mean, I'm like with, with John Lyle. I mean, the only time we ran with John was pre-season. Mm. We never, we never ran around the pitches. You know what I mean? Like that, maybe you warm up, you, you'd have a couple of laps, but that would be it. Everything was with a football. Listen, you play football with a football. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think the only time I did run them is when they had, it was on a Friday night, they went out and had a Christmas party and I ran the nuts off them on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that was it. And they, they knew, because I said to them, they said, look, Gaffer, we're going to have a Christmas party um, on the Friday. Do you want to come with us? I went, no, no, I'm all right. <laughs> um, I said, but look, I have no problems with you. We're starting at nine o'clock. I said, I have no problems with you coming in at five to nine getting your gear on and running and puking up. I said, but I expect you to do this. And they went, yeah, not a problem, not a problem. And they, they all done it. You know what I mean? They, they mind and they went, oh, fucking hell, we're running, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but they knew they had to do it. And like I said, they took everything I'd done, they took on board. Every single thing they, they, they took on board. So um, how can you be successful at non-league level when you have uh, next to no budget to recruit new players? What's the key to getting players in? Um, well, I mean, like I said, my chairman and my vice chairman at Haybridge were, were superb. Um, again, there ain't a lot of money at, at that level, um, mm. but you have to try and get the best players you can. And, and maybe say to them, look, I used to say to my players that I could give you £100 a week or I'd give you £125 a week. I'll give you £25 a goal. I'll give you £25 appearance. So it, it boosts their money. Um, mm. Some players accept it. Some players didn't. I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm not a manager to go, oh, yeah, here you go. You have £300 a week. You have to earn your money. Mm. So if, if you're here, we, we had a player there. When I first went there, we had a player there. He was on £30 a week, this kid. Honestly, £30 a week. Really? Yeah. Mm. And he used every training session he'd work his nuts off. Every game, he'd work his nuts off. So I went and seen my, my chairman and I said, look, he's on 30 quid a week. And he's one of the hardest workers at this club. I said, so listen, double his money, was obviously goes to 60 quid. It's not, again, it's not massive amounts of money, but I went and told him and he's like, whoa, you think you'd, you'd give him 100 grand a week? Mm. You know what mm. I mean? He, he appreciated it. And he, 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 he couldn't work any harder for his money because he, he'd done it every training session in every game. Um, and when I left, he, he ended up on £120 a week because he worked his nuts off. So I said to the boys, look, if you want more money, you have to earn it. I'm not going to come here and go, right, yeah, you can have 200 you can have this, you can have that. I said, don't work like that. I said, you want more money, you earn it. And if you're a striker, you have to score goals. Mm. If you're a defender, you have to stop conceding goals. If you're a midfield player, you have to do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, mm-hmm. and like I said, they, 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 in, they did grasp it because um, quite a few of them had, had, had pay rises. So, like recruiting players, it is difficult. You get to know certain players at certain teams. Um, 
And I, me, I'd like to to think that they will come and play for me. Mm, yeah, you know, I think that's not, a big not, blur. not being big headed or anything. No, like I that, agree. I would like them to think, oh yeah, hang on a minute. I think I could do something here. And it ain't a case mm. of if they're too good for my team. I, I would say I, I, I pulled one or two of them to the side and said, look, you shouldn't be playing at this level. You should be playing higher. Mm. You know what I mean? You should be playing higher. Whether that's national or division two, you should be at, you should be at that level. Um, and I have contacts, of course, I do because I've been in football a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and I and, and I use them to to get players to to, to bigger clubs because listen, mm-hmm. we we all want to be a professional footballer. Not everybody makes. I understand that, but if you can help somebody along the line, go hang on a minute, yeah, yeah, here you go, here's your opportunity. Then then it's, for me, it's great. I don't want to lose my best players. Of course I don't, but I still want to see players play as high as they can because yeah. that's that's what we're all in football for. And it's a good recruitment tool in itself as well because if they see that players are playing for you and then going on to play for you know higher league um, clubs, then those other players are going to think, well, if I get myself there, I might be able to develop as well. So I think it sort of rewards you that way as well, probably. Of course it does, yeah, yeah. Mm. Spot on. So now that you're a free agent after leaving West Brom, Julian, yep. I'm assuming you're looking to get back into non-league management. Yeah, I, I want to get back into to non-league. But at the moment, obviously, with COVID and everything else, a lot of leagues have stopped. Um, there's only a certain number of like leagues that are still playing. So uh, at the moment, is is a bit quiet. But yeah, I, I want to get back into non-league. So would you mm. say that you'd take non-league management over, say a coaching role in the Premier League or Championship? Um, if it was at, without Slav, yeah. Wow. If mm. it was with Slav, then I, like I said, I, I would go, I would obviously Championship, Premiership, Div 1, Div 2, I know Slav won't go down that far, but I, I would go I would go with him. Um, but that that's the only person that I would go with. So for me, yeah, I would, I would choose non-league over, over them. It's hmm, interesting. I mean, how easy is it for an established name like yourself to get to get a job at non-league? I mean, does it does it help you? Or does it go against you to be Julian Dix? It get, to be fair, it goes against me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like when I left West Ham. Obviously, coaching coaching wise, um, I went for quite a few non-league jobs. Put my CV in and things like. I didn't even get any interviews. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I, there, was, there was one or two clubs that didn't even reply. Wow, that's incredible. You, but yeah. no, I mean, because of what I've done or anything. But it doesn't matter who it is. If somebody's sent their CV and they should go, listen, thank you very much, but no, thank you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I didn't even get one interview, and I went for five jobs. Gosh, not one interview. One is because I think they think I want too much money. Mm-hmm. Like I said to you the other day, football's not about money for me. It never has been. No, I I love football. I love playing. Um, and I know we all we all need money to survive and, and things like that. But I need for me, I need job satisfaction. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's not about money for me. It, it non-league level. Mm. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, if if you was a non-league club, you would at least ask the question over a wage, wouldn't you? You would do, because, you know, mm. you've got someone who's played the game, you've got someone who's managed already at non-league level successfully. Um, you've got a player that, that would probably have contacts within the game, and you've got a player there that would probably attract a crowd 
which would increase mm-hmm. your your you know your gate revenue, especially find, in Essex. Oh. Uh, mate, well, exactly, I find it incredible that a non-league chairman wouldn't at least ask the question, even if he thought Julian might be too much money. So that blows my mind. But mm. Julian, what is important to you when choosing your next club? I mean, what boxes do they have to tick? Um, for me, the, the only box they have to tick is that they want they they want to be ambitious. Mm. That's it. I mean. Obviously, you need a certain amount of money there to to attract players to to play, um, but they have to be ambitious. I don't I don't want to be at a club where the chairman's happy to stay at that level, um, maybe in the top half of the table, and that happens because obviously the higher you go, the more it costs. Now, I know people say, well, yeah, you can get sponsors, you can get this, you can get that, but it doesn't always happen, mm. and it does hinder a lot of clubs when they go up that they can't afford. I mean, you look at coaches. I mean, like, I mean, coaches that you, you go to games on, you're looking like six, seven, eight hundred pound a pop, which is a lot of money to find if you're a non-league club. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're at Hay- when we're at Haybridge, we, we only had a coach twice. I know most of them are local, but we only had a coach twice because they, they are so much money. But if you, the higher you go, the, the league you go in is like national. So yeah. like say like say the national league, you, you're traveling everywhere. Mm. And you have to not say you have to, but majority of the time you, you need a coach. Which again you're looking at maybe six, seven, eight hundred pounds every every other week. That's with obviously our players' wages. So mm. again there's there needs to be obviously certain amounts of money there for for, for players' wages in, in such. Um but yeah it's just about having a chairman in the board that are ambitious because I'm like, so I'm an ambitious person. When I went to Abridge, like they asked me, so well, what do you want? I said, well, fuck me. I want to get promoted. Mm. And they go, yeah, but we're 15, but I want to get promoted. That's it. Whether we get promoted or not means to be seen. I said, but they need to get promoted. And if we get promoted next season, I want to get promoted again. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what football's all about. It's about progression. Yeah. Spot. Yeah. I mean, right, let's make this hypothetical. Okay, let's say I'm a chairman of a non-league club. Here's the Euro Millions draw tonight. I wouldn't fucking time for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you. To to be fair, I wouldn't appoint myself either. I I thought he was going to say I wouldn't appoint you then. I was thinking, oh, it's going to kick off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not starting on the Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... So, yeah, so, I, so I'm owning my club now. I've won the Euro Millions. I mean, I haven't bought a ticket, so this is very hypothetical, but let's just say I did. Um, and I want to appoint Julian Dix. So I think, right, yeah, he's the man for the job. I'm going to appoint him. Um, what am I going to get out of appointing Julian Dix? What is he going to bring to the plate for me? I will give, um, like like I, I did at Haybridge, I will, I will give the players all my attention every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, every Saturday. I want to win every single game. I know it's impossible, but I want to win every single game. Um, again, like with Haybridge, I do the best for the club. I'm not a manager to go in, like I said to you earlier, I'm not a manager to go in, oh, yeah, you can have £300 a week. Because I had players come in and say, yeah, I went, well, how much do you think you're worth? He goes, yeah, £300. I went, mate, the highest earner is £225. I said, so unless you come down to a reasonable rate, then we have to say goodbye. So... And they and most of them do. And listen, we all we all try things and go, yeah, I want three hundred pound. I want this and I want that. So for me, it's not 
I, I look after the club's interest as well. I know it's not my money, but I don't like people taking the piss out of me when it comes to, to football and wages and this and that. So, I mean, the chairman will, will get my, my honest opinion on everything. Um, like I said, with, with the other two at Haybridge, <laughs> I give them my honest opinion. Sometimes people like it, some people don't. But I am what I am. And like I said to you before, with the players, I'm always respectful of the players, but I always tell them the truth. They might not yeah. want to hear what I have to say, but they they hear it nonetheless. So they so they they will they will get a hundred percent from from me every single every single training session, every single game. Mm, no doubt. Spot Absol- on. Absolutely no doubt. Uh, well, Julian, I can't for one second believe that there won't be a queue of clubs waiting to take you on now. You're available. But until they do, good luck to you, mate. And we're looking forward to seeing the next chapter in your career. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows. So you can do this. And this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.